0: Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger.
1: Good evening, Happy New Year. You're back with me, Lucy Newberger. It's Tuesday, it's The Twilight Show. I'm excited. I've got a lovely guest this evening who you'll find out about in a moment.
0: Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Right. Good evening, everybody. Let's see if I can remember how to do this, shall we? It feels like it's been uh, longer than it actually has, but it's just gone 6pm. It's the Twilight Show. I'm in the right spot. Uh, Tom Rogers is here. Hi, Tom. And uh, along with a few other regular faces that I recognise. Lawrence, hi to you. I know you're in here. And hopefully, my lovely guest Adam Dixon is in here as well, who will be calling in shortly to chat to me. But um, before we get chatting to him about all things teaching, all things uh, that we're looking forward to in 2022, and everything else that we're going to, I'm sure, try and cram into the next, well, however long we happen to be on air, uh, as always, it's introduction time and you know you've missed me waffling on at you. you 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 know you have and you know you love a little cheeky update so it's it's going to happen uh, whether you're whether you're on board or not so um so much to to update on really i mean we're we're now in 2022 which is both uh bizarre but brilliant um of course we are holding out hope for this year 2021 didn't quite deliver on the whole getting rid of COVID thing maybe 2022 will see us get closer to a degree of sort of permanent normality but uh, I I don't want to jinx it so we'll see we'll see we'll see Okay, so Christmas holidays are very much over. I know that in the UK, you had the bank holiday on Monday. I have been back to it since Monday. And actually, while the rest of Portugal, uh, I say, is enjoying extra holiday, there's actually a work from home mandate here this week. So they Portugal extended the Christmas holiday with the idea being that it's almost like a bit of a mini circuit breaker In time for us to all pile in back to school next week which according to the various news sources that i could find does seem to be going ahead so monday the 10th of january i will be back in class which also happens to be my 33rd birthday so hooray for me uh which will be nice to see the kids faces and actually being back online with them in fairness to them they were they have been brilliant because uh they've been on full timetable And they've actually produced some some pretty good work. And it just goes to show how much I underestimate them sometimes, which I hold my hands up. I admit it. I do underestimate them sometimes because I thought to myself, nah, they're not going to turn up. Or maybe there'll be a few sort of cursory appearances. But uh, actually, I've had pretty much a full house both yesterday and today. So, um, yeah, 5N, thank you very much uh, for... Brightening my day because actually I've forgotten how uh how weird it is to to teach online and and to stare at the walls all day to the point where I actually had to, I hadn't been outside up until about four o'clock this afternoon. And so I had to actually go and get some mushrooms for for my dinner, which I will talk about in a moment. Um, and my mum said to me when I phoned, she said, I can tell you've been cooped up all day because you're talking at 100 miles an hour, you're absolutely manic. And uh, clearly being by yourself all day is, is not good for you. I mean, as you all know, I have, um, I have verbal diarrhea on a good day. So <laughs> I don't think there's much change there. But also I think yeah, definitely staring at the walls and hearing your own voice echo back to you is is not always healthy. But um I'm talking to you this evening, so I feel much more much more like I've uh, like I'm all right and like I'm not losing my mind. So Christmas has come and gone. I mean, it feels, as always, it feels like it goes really quickly, doesn't it? It kind of, it's, it's, there's this build up, And of course, all that came with that in terms of schools, nativities, not nativities, uh, the mania of kind of people being in school, out of school, it was all over the show, wasn't it? And then I don't know about you, but by the time I got to Christmas, and I've said this before, um, that I was over it before it even started, to be honest, uh, didn't think I'd make it back to the UK. But I did. I did make it back to the UK to see my family and I hadn't been home home since I since I moved to Portugal. So it was lovely to actually and a little bit surreal to go back to to Kent where I'm from originally. Shout out to Tunbridge Wells for those of you who know it. And the sun didn't shine the entire time I was home. I didn't expect it to. But it was great to to see my family. Those of you that follow my Instagram, I'm sure have seen my posts about my mum's incredible cooking. And if you haven't, go and have a look, because that is where my inspiration and my learning comes from. And my goodness me, did she feed me well. Oh, wow. So I'm in the throes of kind of working that off at the moment. And uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Now, the great thing about being home was, of course, sleeping in my old beds, watching ridiculous amounts of TV. And it was, you know, I I felt like I kind of got to a good place. But then came the debacle of getting back to Portugal. Now I hold my hands up, I made an executive decision to go home, I am denied about it. And I thought, okay, no, 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 I'm I'm going to go. It's been over a year, Uh, I didn't spend Christmas with them last year, I'm going to go going to go home. And I made sure I put all the necessary protocols in place. I did my test beforehand, did my day two, all of that was fine. And it was edging closer to to flying back. And I was chatting backwards and forwards with colleagues about the necessary testing in order, COVID testing, in order to do that. Now, of course, you're meant to read the fine print, but you'd think they'd make it clearer. But to fly back into Europe, it said you either need a PCR within 72 hours or a rapid antigen within 48 nowhere anywhere did it say anything about self-administered antigen tests which is what i brought home with me one of those ones in the box that you activate and you get a certificate through and i thought that would be fine transpired not not so much so i ended up in a bit of a panic and i ended up finding this tiny piece of information in this bizarre document sort of pages and pages long of tiny writing And about five pages in, the the eighth bullet point down said self-administered antigen tests are not acceptable to get you back into Portugal. Ah, okay. So my dad, bless him, last Tuesday took me back down to Gatwick. This was his third trip to Gatwick at this point because I'd had to go back down for my day two because I couldn't get one on the day that I arrived. So third trip back down to Gatwick. He so I had my test and was told I had the results early hours of Thursday morning, and I flew Thursday afternoon. I thought great, problem solved, smashed it, sorted. Of course, early hours of Thursday morning came and went, no test results, problem. Okay, so I phoned the testing company in question and said, "Look, I haven't got these test through test results through. I need to to fly back for work. I, I, work starts on Monday." right okay well we'll we'll escalate it for you we'll escalate it for you we'll kind of we'll sort it and several calls later still still nothing still nothing so panic is starting to set in a little bit at this point and then my dad said right we've got to make an executive decision I'm going to drive you to Gatwick airport and then because he would heard stories as had I as had I at this point I'd heard stories of kind of test turning up last minute when you get to the airport, almost as if a sign from from the gods kind of thing. So he dutifully took me back down to Gatwick Airport, airport, fourth trip. And uh, I was standing in the the departure at Gatwick Airport, in front of the EasyJet check-in, still no test result. Again, phoning the testing company saying, look, I'm here, I'm at the airport, they're not gonna let me on this flight without this test result, what the hell is going on? Still nothing still nothing and my dad bless him had dutifully waited in the car park because he said worst case scenario i'm just going to have to take you home and we'll have to sort it out and i thought no no, no that's not going to happen this is not going to happen and of course check-in time came and went still no test result so 13 pounds later in the short stay car park don't ever go don't ever park at gatwick just don't bother 13 pounds later uh i had to trot off home rebook my flights Um, But actually, I didn't end up rebooking it uh, until the test result eventually came through 18 hours late at half past six that evening. So I actually ended up flying back to Portugal a day later, so on New Year's Eve. uh, Did a lateral flow test in the Lisbon airport toilet, um, just to double check at that point, so I could go and spend New Year's Eve with a couple of friends. Because so I thought, oh, gosh, at this point, I'm just going to be going home and, and, and crying into a tin of soup. But no, I was able to go and spend New Year with a couple of friends. And that is the end of that story. So uh, I made it safely back to Lisbon and I'm not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I think in the current climate, it's best probably not to go very far. So that was that. Uh, what else? Oh, while I was home took part in the 24 hour um, teachers talk radio Twitter space, which was this charity event that we did uh, in honor of one of the founding members of this delightful radio station that we're all a part of, uh, Matt Williams, and we raised uh, about a thousand pounds. I think it was, I'm sure Tom Rogers will tell me, uh, if I'm wrong there, but about a thousand pounds for bowel cancer, UK. And, uh, we all took it in turns to, to host different sections of that 24 hour period. And it was great, great fun. And honestly, I really hope that we do something like that again soon because it was pretty great. It was really, really good. Oh. Confirmation from Tom Rogers, Tom Rogers, sorry, 1,380 pounds. Oh, even better, Tom. Thank you for that. So, yeah, so hopefully there'll be more things like that in the mix soon. Okay, what else have we got? Let's have a look. Oh, of course, as I mentioned earlier when I was talking about mushrooms, I'm still, sorry, everybody, I'm still going to be plugging my What's for Dinner feature in 2022. I thought about giving up on it, and then I thought, do you know what? no I I love it too much and I've kind of got this far so I feel I'm going to just yeah just hang on in there so my best friend actually Eleni um who I owe an apology to because I was meant to phone her yesterday and the day before and I haven't and I'm sure she's frowning at her phone as I as I mentioned that so sorry Eleni I will call you I promise um So she is having mushroom risotto, I believe. So she's in keeping with the mushroom theme as well. But yes, please do share with me what you are having. It's a new year. Are you going on a bit of a health kick or are you just sticking with it? Are you, I don't know, are you exploring uh, different parts of the culinary world or are you just thinking, do you know what, Lucy? It's, It's Tuesday evening, for goodness sake. I've just had my first day back at work and it's a takeaway, to be honest. And I wouldn't judge you if it was because, you know, everyone loves a takeaway. And I'm sure a few weeks into this, I'll be whistling exactly the same tune. And certainly towards the end of last term, I had more takeaways than I'd be willing to admit to you. So I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Lawrence is, uh, oh, bless you, Lawrence, friend of the show, as you know, love this feature. I've got peanut butter, chicken and rice. That sounds incredible. Please text me the recipe as a matter of priority. Right. Introduction done. Let's get into the nitty gritty of this show. So after the news and some adverts, I'm going to be bringing on Adam Dixon and we are going to just the fat really we're going to talk about a variety of things so it's going to be a mishmash looking ahead into 2022 and how we feel about it all we're going to be talking about teacher training we're going to be talking about uh treatment of um ECTs slash NQTs who have disabilities. We're gonna be talking about a little bit about inclusion we're gonna have in there as well. And really whatever else comes up, because I appreciate you're all probably a bit tired, you're all a bit spaced out, and it might just be quite nice to, to join in with us too. So please do comment along, please do get stuck in with us, and hopefully it'll be a really great chat. So let's do some news first, and then we will invite Adam on.
2: Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? then Little Wundle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support expert teams also provide online resources specialist publications and training for professionals find out more about winston's wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org
0: this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news with gail glenn
3: A variety of mitigations are in place in schools across the UK as fears of Covid remain high. In England, secondary pupils will have to wear face coverings in classrooms, as well as communal areas, but staff will not be expected to wear a mask while teaching. Education Secretary Nadeem sahawi is taking advice in case of mass staff absence. Schools in England are also required to keep hygiene and ventilation measures in place. In Wales all staff and pupils have been expected to wear a mask indoors in secondary schools since the end of November. The start of the new term has also been delayed until the 10th of January to give schools time to prepare and secondary pupils will be expected to take a lateral flow test three times a week. The Welsh Government has also lowered the self-isolation period from 10 to 7 days if the person has a negative test on the seventh day. In Scotland, pupils and staff have been required to wear face coverings in secondary schools since the second lockdown. Staggered start times, one-way systems, restrictions on assemblies and twice-weekly testing are also present in schools in Scotland. People in Scotland must isolate for 10 days when they or someone in their household tests positive for COVID. In Northern Ireland, children must remain at home if they develop symptoms until they have a negative result. Pupils must also test twice a week. Staff and secondary school pupils must also wear a mask while on site. This has been your daily Education News Briefing with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods.
4: Your Tech Briefing on Teachers
0: Talk Radio
4: happy new year this is the first in a short series on the new year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it can technology really help us get fit and healthy according to the fitness industry association around 80 percent of people who sign up to a gym in january stop going in february can technology provide a free alternative now before i start i need to throw down a disclaimer here i am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps therefore the cost of the device is written off and i take no responsibility for any pain both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week. So in a 12 hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean-X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer, Jeff Cavalier. Some claim it to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, How about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride for example, Will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people push for time, this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also, if you exercise regularly at the same time, this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again, there are lots of different apps out there. My example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn sweat coins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers, and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background so you don't even need to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps, so you don't need to log your exercise twice. As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed.
0: Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Good evening. Oh, excuse me. Let's try that again. Good evening. You're back with me, Lucy Newberger. It's Tuesday. It's The Twilight Show. And what another fab tech briefing from Steve there. I've definitely, I always have to go back and listen to them again because I don't quite take it in when I'm I'm on air. But from what I did pick up there, it was uh, all fitness related and kind of new year, new you type thing as well. And I'm always looking for new fitness apps. And also because I have a very short attention span, I'm always looking for for different things to motivate me. I actually, in my infinite wisdom have signed up for the Lisbon half marathon in May, which is going to force me to go running because otherwise that's going to be uh, an even more painful experience than it's probably already going to be. But I digress. So joining me in a moment, I know he's in the studio ready and waiting is going to be Adam Dixon. And when he finds his way into the studio in a moment, I will allow him to introduce himself. So Adam, calling Adam, are you there? Please call in now. I did say to him that I would uh, give him a very unsubtle hint to to call in. So I'm hoping that he's going to uh, receive this as a very unsubtle hint to call in now, please, Adam, if you're there, please. I don't know if you can hear me. This could go very wrong very quickly. I'm hoping he is in here somewhere. Um, hmm. No, not as yet. Not as yet. It's not working. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yes, click the call button, please, Adam. Click call button. Oh, gosh. See, this was going to happen to me this evening, wasn't it, When, when my guests can't get in? Oh. Oh no, oh no, it won't let me. Hmm, I don't know, uh, Mr. Rogers, if you can help there uh, to try and get um, Adam into the studio for me at all. Apparently the call-in button's not working, so this could potentially be problematic. So while we're trying to to fix, oh, hang
2: on. Oh no, hello Tom.
5: Hi Lucy, I just thought I'd prove the call-in button's working.
1: Oh, thanks very Good much. How it are is- you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you?
5: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. What, did, did you get back to Portugal okay?
1: I did in the end. Yes, it was a oh, it was a massive debacle. Um, honestly, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it when uh, when I was standing there in in the departures, ready to go, and no test result. And of course, in the current climate, you're not going anywhere without a negative test.
4: Yeah. What a nightmare,
5: though, really. Absolute nightmare for you. When are you you back at school? Soon.
1: Well, we're uh, online this week. Well, I say we. My school's online. But actually, Portugal has got a work-from-home order this week. So people are either extending their holiday, which I don't think was the idea behind this, or they are, in fact, working from home. So we are um, beavering away online. But... um, the rest of the rest of Portugal are are not the the kids aren't in school uh, but it's just it's just us
5: okay so how so are you thinking you're going to have to teach
4: online again at some point or not
1: I sincerely hope not to be honest I, I I'm hoping that this, so week, this is week, week is good from oh, from, from
4: what I've <laughs>
1: Sorry, I'm just, I think I'm no, hoping that's Adam that's managed to finally get his way yeah, in. But yes, I, um, I think that's going to be it for for us this week. My understanding is that we're going to be back in school as of Monday. So, yeah. hurrah! In time for my birthday.
5: <laughs> hey, good, good. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you to it. But oh, um, you star. No worries. I'll chat to you soon. Oh, See
1: you thanks, later. Tom. All the best. All
5: right, bye. Bye. Hello. Can you hear me?
1: Adam, is that you? That is.
5: Hello. You all right?
1: Oh yes, I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
5: <laughs> I'm all right, thank you. Have you Have you also got a birthday next week?
1: I have. Have you?
5: I have got a birthday next week.
1: When next week?
5: Well, maybe? mine's my, Mine's on Thursday.
1: Uh, okay. January birthdays do suck a bit, though, don't
5: they? uh do you know what? I still get joint Christmas and birthday presents.
1: No, me too.
5: It's disgusting, isn't it?
1: I know, absolute liberties, especially as given, I thought, you know, we skipped December. I mean, can we at least kind of, you know, it's an entirely new year, for goodness sake.
5: Well, do you know what? That's my, that's my argument. (laughs) That's that's been my argument for hundreds of years, but obviously not, obviously not. Hundreds of years? Oh my gosh, you're right. Well, it feels like it sometimes.
1: Are you, are you a witcher, Adam?
5: Uh, Well, I I couldn't possibly tell you, I don't think.
1: (laughs) Well, hello. Lovely to have you. I'm glad hello. that we've, we've got you and that this is, I mean, we, to be honest, when we were talking prior to, to doing this show, we did sort of say you know, that, that there are going to be kind of various debacles that happen this evening and we weren't wrong.
5: Do you know what? It's just, it's just my life, really. It's nothing <laughs> without, it. I don't do things by half.
1: No, neither do I. And uh, as uh, Tom Rogers will testify to you, I'm usually the host that causes absolute <laughs> havoc. Um, you know, there'll be something I'll be having some kind of, of meltdown before my show. And uh, I've texted him numerous times to say, I, I don't know what I'm doing or something's gone wrong. Um, and he's honestly very patient with me. So I do, I do appreciate it. Honestly. Um, but it's good to know that there's someone else out there as well who, um lives a bit of a a chaotic life
5: (laughs) (laughs) i think my entire existence is chaotic i'll be honest
1: Uh, oh lawrence was just messaging lawrence is a is a friend of the show um adam and he said i thought a week week one of february birthdays was bad enough with no funds available excuses january birthdays must be hard there is that as as well and i think um you know people the other thing about january is people are either doing dry january aren't they or they're broke
5: oh they're broke yeah, absolutely is your is your birthday on monday did you say yeah so, so yeah say- third week of jan i think it's pushing it
1: yeah i yeah. think i think I it's mean-
5: pushing it to be honest
1: yeah well well i mean my um i am sort of having a sort of low-key Sort of celebration this weekend. Obviously, a negative lateral flows uh, dependent. We I mean, the thing is, much like the UK, you, you I mean, it's almost going to become. I think they're almost going to become a bit of a, a black market commodity.
5: So do you know? Do you know what actually? So my um, I have a, I have a twin, and my twin lives in America, and oh, wow. uh, she flew home. She flew home for Christmas and New Year, and um, the amount of shops I had to go into to try and get, you know, lateral flow tests for for her to even take whilst we were at home was ridiculous they just sold out everywhere
1: Mm, I mean it was much the same in Portugal before I I flew back as well it was uh it was all over the show right I feel we've got ahead of ourselves before we've even introduced you properly I think you are worthy of a proper introduction so before we continue on Adam can you please Introduce yourself as much information as you are willing to give. Who you oh, are, your your role in education. Um, maybe leave out the bit about me browbeating you to be on this show. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, so my name's Adam Dixon. I am a trainee history teacher um, from from Yorkshire. I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but I'm very much situated in the north. Um, I talk quite a lot on Twitter about. Uh, being a teacher with a disability and i think that's how in your words i got browbeaten to be on the show
1: <laughs> yes i mean i do I, to be honest i think uh, you caught the eye of um uh tom hb the other tom who uh it gets there's a lot of toms around it gets very confusing and uh they actually said uh, oh you know adam would be great would be great for you to chat to and uh here we are so I'm, I'm very grateful to to teachers talk radio who who spied you out there in the Twitter sphere and thought you know what this would be a, a great person to to have on so uh, and I, I'm inclined to agree I think I think so far <laughs> so good now we've got you
5: Edna. well do you know what i I absolutely love I absolutely love teacher Twitter <laughs> um I've actually I've, 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 I've spied somebody um, on their listeners who uh, was at one of the schools I had a placement at, and she taught me the ropes on teacher Twitter. So uh, I think it's her fault that I'm addicted to Twitter at the moment.
1: I mean, the thing is, edgy Twitter in many, many ways is a wonderful, wonderful thing, and there are Scores of people, uh, teachers from, you know, across the, the teaching spectrum, all the you know, right the way down from EYFS through to you know, back end of university, who would say the same. And, you know, in large part, it is incredibly positive. And I really hope it does stay that way for you. Um, of course, there is a there is a flip side to it. I don't know if you were privy to PenGate just before Christmas. Did you hear about this?
5: I was not privy to PenGate,
1: no so PenGate, I don't even really know how PenGate started uh, again if any of you listening know how this came about then please do let me know but it was all about whether we should give um, pupils or students who come into school if they don't have a pen whether, whether we as teachers should give them a pen or pencil and there were mixed views on this shall we say ranging from absolutely not if they don't have a pen they should get detentions through to actually I just keep a spare stash because it's a pen and there's little point in them being in my lesson if they can't write. So uh, it definitely kicked off more than I thought it it would.
5: Well, you see, I mean, I've got my opinion. Have you got an opinion on that? I have, an, I have an opinion on this.
1: It's different for me at primary level, I think, because I'm dealing with much younger children. Yeah. And my, I mean, I have, my stationery is provide, I'm very fortunate to be in a school where, when our stationery order turned up, because it actually got stuck in uh, the north of Portugal. But when uh, it did turn up, that we do have enough stuff, and we do keep a, a ready supply available. Because I think for a primary level, it's fine for it's fine for us as teachers to be giving them pencils and pens. I have no issue with that, because again, they're going to otherwise they're going to sit in my lesson and, and, and do nothing. I don't expect them to be bringing their own stuff.
5: See, I um, if I lend out a pen, I mark it on the whiteboard so I know I get it back. But um, when I was at school, my teachers used to do an exchange. So if they lent me a pen, I had to give them my shoe.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah,
5: yeah, I, I had quite a few teachers um, who used to do that, and it used to be um, it didn't used to be shoes. It could be socks. It could be blazers. It was a it was it was an interesting game, interesting experiment from some of the teachers. They they were definitely all in on it, hundred percent.
1: But I suppose, in a way, that's a good thing because if you're without a shoe, you're not going to leave that lesson without a, a shoe. So it's almost right to say, right, I've got to give this pen back because otherwise well, I'm going to yeah. be hopping around with, with one shoe. Um, Lawrence, Lawrence is in agreement over the, the exchange uh, aspect. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that is the way forward so for those of you who are still seething over penn gate there is a another approach yeah for you.
5: i think it depends on the student i think i went 100 percent went to school with some students who just left the room without their shoes on oh really it's yorkshire everything everything goes anything goes
1: <laughs> well then i mean i i actually was very fortunate i went to university in leeds um for my undergrad and for my masters, so I, I'm very fond, particularly of West Yorkshire. So to hear to hear your dulcet tones coming through my <laughs> my headphones is absolutely lovely.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, I didn't think I sounded very Yorkshire, but uh, a friend of mine has just sent me a text who's listening in to say that um, they'd missed my Yorkshire voice. <laughs>
1: I mean, we do have some some uh, there's some wonderful accents dotted through throughout Teachers Talk Radio, and I know that you've been kind of you were uh, given a load of shows to to listen to. I don't know how many you've managed to get through, but we do have some some wonderful wonderful voices in the mix for sure.
5: I think it's great. I think it's great.
1: Uh, it's really good, and well, and also you do. I mean, to a southern fairy like me. You absolutely do. Um, you do sound Yorkshire to me, which is which I I'm very grateful for because I think it is a a wonderful accent. But uh, um, interestingly, I don't know. I mean, while we're on the subject, in terms of teaching, would you ever consider teaching down south?
5: Um, well, it depends what your class is down south because to me, our class York is down south but um no no (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's a whole other
5: argument (laughs) actual actual self oh god wow as in as in bath darling
1: oh no so um
5: i know where (laughs) bath is i don't know i don't know i don't know where where bath is but i know where bath is um and (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know it depends on the job doesn't it and it i think Mm -hmm. it depends um as i'll talk later and my experiences through life i think it depends on who's around the South. I mean, okay. I will never, I'll never, I'll never <laughs> rule it out. I'll never rule it out, but I don't tend to be in the business of just moving to the opposite side of the country, not knowing anybody and hoping for the best. I'm a little bit too meticulous in my planning for, to be spontaneous, I think, at the moment.
1: Oh give it, you
5: give android. it 10 years and who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah i would drive you mad because i i just yeah up sticks and um moved moved countries in you know the middle of a, of a pandemic so uh yeah my my planning is is far from meticulous well, but speaking that's... yeah <laughs> go, go on. on. No, 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 go
5: i was just saying that that sounds amazing though i'd love to i'd love to add some spontaneity to my to my skill set <laughs>
1: All in good time, my friend. But what I was going to say to you is um, from my Twitter stalking of you, um, and yes, I have Twitter stalked you, um, and I'm hoping that lots of other people will on the back of this show because uh, I think that um, what you're putting out there already is great. But I understand that you are still teacher training. You're still in um, in the throes of doing it. And you decided, much like me moving countries, you decided in the middle of, was it 2020, that you decided you were going to do this?
5: it was in oh yeah it was it was it was lockdown two I think oh wow I decided I don't know I've lost count of what lockdown number one at the moment but it was I think it was uh it was yeah it was it was lockdown two I decided and um went from there really
1: so paint the picture for me so you what your undergraduate degree I'm guessing was history or history related
5: yeah, so I do. I do have an undergraduate degree in history. Yeah, from uh, from Sunny York, um, and actually, previous to teaching, I'd worked for the um, I'd worked for the NHS and the police since I was about sixteen. So about eight years, and um, during lockdown one, I actually got redeployed in my job, which was as a clinical educator um, to COVID ICU. Oh wow!
3: Um,
5: so I spent the whole of lockdown one are on COVID ICU and my job involved quite a large basis of training, training new staff, training volunteers um, with COVID specific um, regulations. um, Things like how CPR changed, for example, that changed massively, um, especially during COVID and the 25 layers of PPE we all had to wear. Um, And it was really intense. And I thought, you know what, eight years is... A long time to have been doing this whilst studying whilst doing other things I think my career has taken me down a training route and what better way than to carry on teaching in a way but with something else that I'm passionate about which is history
1: Oh, fantastic! I mean, uh, I'm sure you know from from Tom Rogers' his, his name. It even says Rogers History. He is a fellow history teacher, so he's uh, probably doing a little little boppy dance listening <laughs> to you um, uh, as well. But I mean, that's but that's still quite an uh, an about turn, isn't it, to go massively. From, and was there sort of a defining moment where you thought, actually, yes, teaching history is what I want to
2: do?
5: Uh, it's so it's so difficult to say, isn't it now? Because you know, it's from the minute you apply to the minute you accept to the minute you start training i think they're very different milestones aren't they and i think mm. i i applied thinking yeah okay we'll give this a go i need a little bit more i need something else from my professional life at the moment i need i need something a little bit more challenging not that working in ICU in the middle of a lockdown wasn't challenging, but um, I think I was at a stage of um, I don't like I don't like saying the word burnout, but I think I was at a stage where I needed to re, refocus my um, my passions and what my creativity really. And I think I applied, went for the went for an interview, um, and I was sold on interview actually. I was sold. I was I was absolutely sold on interview. Um, the, my interviewer, who is an absolute legend, one of the questions she asked me was um, who my inappropriate celebrity crush was. And I just thought, <laughs> that, do you know what? I'm sold. I'm sold from that moment.
1: <laughs> inappropriate celebrity crush. Oh, wow. Yeah, but
5: I got told off for it. I got told off for it because apparently fancying Kate Middleton isn't inappropriate.
1: No, I think that's quite a, a wholesome wholesome answer actually. Well, well
5: I think it is, but also fancying the queen is a bit dodgy, isn't it? It's like treason, isn't it?
1: Uh probably. Yeah, so, exactly.
5: So that's where I I've mean, gone with inappropriate there.
1: I know you're a historian, but Let's let's calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, okay, interesting. Um, I have to come back to you on mine. Um, yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure who it is. I did think briefly that it sort of Henry Cavill in The Witcher, but then I actually thought he was a bit wooden in The Witcher. So, maybe but I'd
5: I'd know. argue that's appropriate though. That's also appropriate.
1: Oh, I don't know if you've watched The Witcher or not. <laughs> That's a that's a whole other conversation,
5: um, <laughs> but no, but- that was that was my turning point really. Sorry, that was a bit of a, a drawn out answer, wasn't it? Um, no, not but, at all. But that was my my turning point. Uh, I went from my interview. I was sold on interview, and the minute I stood in front of a classroom full of children, I thought, yeah, okay, this is where I need to be. This is where I'm meant to be. And that's
1: really good. And can I ask where where did you teach train?
5: So I went through Durham University.
1: Oh wow! Okay, so good stuff. And and throughout, I mean, I ask people. We we come, we circle back to teacher training a lot on this show through various subject matter, through uh, the contents of teacher training. Whether we're focusing enough on on the right things in terms of not just necessarily the the, the sub the subjects, because whether you're doing secondary like you or primary like me you know the, the, the subject content is the kind of nuts and bolts of it but we often talk about whether we are given enough on safeguarding on mental health both ours and the children's on supporting varieties of students and you know a variety of staff as well and certainly if I reflect on my teacher training I I didn't I couldn't in good conscience say to you that you know there were there, there are things that were amiss, shall we say. There were things that, in my mind, should have been there that, that weren't.
5: Okay, yeah. I think, I don't know, I think for me, because I come from a background where obviously safeguarding was quite a heavy topic that I'd covered in lots of detail, um, I think when it came to talking about safeguarding in specifically a school setting I was able to take and uh, draw from my experience and fill in the gaps that I had. Um, I think you're right when it comes to mental health I think there can be an improvement but I think that's a society thing as a whole I think. I think the last couple of years there's been loads of improvements uh, but it's exactly the same as everything else that has just started to come in, you know, to the peripheries of importance, that there's some really good work going on, but we've all got a long way to go for, for it to be perfect.
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, I, I can certainly, I mean, of course we had, we had that safeguarding training, but I still, yeah, I, I, I wonder if more could have been done. And also in terms of things like, and this is another favourite subject that comes out a lot in terms, and I know it's a, a big, big passion of yours, inclusion both Mm again, staff and uh and students again for me it's still it still was a bit i mean i trained sort of where are we coming up for for i graduated six years ago um and it might be in those six years that that the the subject of inclusion and, and how we're working with that has has altered particularly in the wake of covid and everything else of course it's been once again shoved to the forefront uh but it just didn't quite I, I look back on it and I think you know what no no we weren't we we didn't there wasn't enough there
5: yeah I think for me oh, do you know what I I, I could rabbit on about inclusion all day you know I can <laughs> um I think go for it <laughs> I think in terms of from a training point of view I think I've had a fantastic input with inclusion, both from the schools I've worked in and from and from the university as well, I think it's been fantastic, and I think it's geared very much to children. You'll see, and anybody who follows me on Twitter, um, I talk a lot about neurodiversity on on my Twitter, um, and how as as people in education, we do everything in our power to make school as accessible and as inclusive as possible for, for students and so they can succeed in school and then you get into the real world and you realise that the real world isn't accessible and it's not inclusive and what I'd really like to see in you know the years coming up is how we can bridge that gap between education and society to make it more inclusive and to make it more accessible
1: Absolutely. And I do think that in, even in that transition from primary to secondary as well, we we don't, I do feel that, because there's so much, and I'm not saying that, pastoral care and all that side of it doesn't exist in secretary because it absolutely does but it's a very different approach to to things than the primary so maybe it's even from the outset from from early on in school days that we're kind of we're creating an environment where you know it is a safe space and it is kind of almost hermetically sealed these you know when we're in school isn't it we're very much mm. sort of uh sealed in and then when we do have to go out into the cold harsh reality of the world it's it's not as inviting it's not as warm you haven't got sort of people supporting and and who have that understanding and that training as well to to be able to to you know help
5: no no i i know i absolutely agree i think um for me obviously um for someone who was diagnosed as neurodiverse at 16 years old um two weeks before my GCSE started, um, you know, I, oh, so I had, I had no extra time. I had no support. It was, it was really quite difficult and I'll, I'm going to use the word traumatic actually, because it was, it was traumatic because being told in a 10 minute meeting about a diagnosis that explains a lot about the last 16 years, but also doesn't explain a lot about that in the like, next 16 years and just gives you a whole bunch of questions and things. It's, it's really, really hard to process, actually. And um, I didn't actually say it out loud that I had my disability until I was 21. Wow. So that took it took five years for me to get my head around it, basically. Um, and it was getting to the point where in my adult life, I was doing exhibiting neurodiverse behaviours or whatever and people weren't understanding and it got to the point where I just thought actually you know, enough is enough, I need to talk to these people and they need to get a grip, I don't want to say get a grip I'm not going to say get a grip, but they need to be more empathetic to you know their workforce and I think what people are guilty of in society is especially with conditions like ASD, it's people are really guilty and they are guilty of it of tying everybody with the same brush Mm -hmm. and thinking they can approach every person who's got autism with the same with the same method uh expect them to like the same things you know I'll be I've had situations where I've been at work and people have come to um ask me compute ask me questions about computers and ask me questions about things like that because oh but Adam it's your disability you're all good at that aren't you and no, no, I'm absolutely rubbish. And that is my disclaimer for today, that when it comes to tech, as, I've, as I displayed it, <laughs> 10 past six today, I'm absolutely hopeless. I'm absolutely hopeless. And that's really what I'm really passionate about. And that's what you'll see on my Twitter, I think, is that it's realising that some people who are neurodiverse, can hold a conversation with people and that we are capable of having a a grown-up job and we are capable of doing lots of things. Um, We just need a little bit more support sometimes. And I'm sure you'll agree that people who are willing to show that support come few and far between and absolute gold mines when, when you do find somebody who is willing to put that time into you.
1: Oh, absolutely. And sorry, I mean, when you were sort of explaining that, when you were explaining that story about, uh, oh, well, you're good with computers, aren't you? The reason I laughed was just because it's so, the, uh, just trying to piece that together in my mind as to how somebody goes from, uh, I'm having a a tech issue, who will know? Hmm, Adam, because of this. And it's just, uh, the 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 journey to that conclusion is just baffling to me. But, yeah. but, Do you know what? But, no. If
5: it was... If it was, Adam, you're 23, you can do it. I'll be like, yeah, do you know what? Let's have a go. That's fine. <laughs> age, that's fine. You can, you can make that assumption on my age. I'll appreciate that. Everyone does that, don't they? Who, everyone's grandparents have gone to their youngest grandchildren and said, will you sort this out for me, your techie or your age group of techie? That's fine. I can appreciate, I can understand that. Just don't do it with other aspects of my life, please.
1: No, no, fair enough. And uh, Lawrence has chimed in to say uh, that he agrees with the sort of hermetically sealed analogy uh, of school versus the outside world, particularly for someone who is SEND or ALN. And um, needing support shouldn't be a crime. Uh, I love the support network I have in my life with uh, cerebral palsy and hydrocephalus. Um, It's yeah, I mean, I I actually was only diagnosed um, last last month. Yeah. Last month with okay. a- with ADHD, so the the exploration of and the actually uh, asking for help is only really a, a new thing on me because I, for years and years of my life, just thought I was ridiculous and 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 sort of off kilter and all the rest of it. All these all these feelings that you go through, but as an I'm I'm almost in a way glad I was diagnosed as an adult because. For you being diagnosed at 16 with all that being 16 entails i can't imagine what went through your mind at that time along with the the, the just the and i'm going to use the, i think a word used the trauma of just being a teenager
5: yeah because yeah. it is being a teenager is traumatic isn't it and i've done and a lot of uh, i've seen a lot of people recently um having moved back home and everything that I went to school with. And, you know, initially I would avoid them because you have judgments on how they were as teenagers. And then actually you realise that, oh, okay, we're 10 years on now. People grow up. And it's right, teenagers are... Being a teenager is so traumatic anyway. If you want to add another life-altering factor into that mix, then it is really hard to process and I think what I struggled with um was at the time people making a lot of comments about um oh well everyone's on the spectrum a little bit and all of this and it's like I don't need you to rationalize I don't need you to normalize what you're telling me I've got going on in my brain I don't want you to normalize it I want you to accept that it's there Mm -hmm. I think and I still I still get like it now when people say oh we're all a little bit asd it's like well no we're not we all have headaches does it mean we've all got brain tumors yeah i mean I i do say that and i know i shouldn't say it like that but that's kind of the i can understand where people come from with it but i also don't think it's really helpful in terms of inclusion i think because then you're putting everybody into a box when actually people with brains like ours are already out of a box we don't need to be put back in one and I no, think and I, yeah
1: no I agree um <laughs> everyone is on the spectrum somewhere ouch <laughs> is um, <laughs> and yeah and I've certainly heard and I am gonna hold my hands up and I've certainly said this as well everyone's a little bit ADHD and I, that's just what I what I thought I you know I just thought oh no it's it's not actually ADHD. It's just the fact that I just have the attention span of a fruit fly. That's just who I am. And the fact that I can't use a diary. I mean, how I have lasted six years in teaching, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but, you know, I've somehow managed to, to, to sort of dance my way through my, my career thus, thus far. And uh, I think that I think there is a degree of certainly in schools, be better than that. Like we, you're all you're surrounded by intelligent people in schools. Teachers are highly qualified people. You know, we, we, and I'm going to say it, we set the example, we set that standard, and if we're not doing that, then what can we expect of the children that we're teaching? Absolutely. Um, here's a question for you. Go on. Uh, have you told your classes that you teach about being um, neurodivergent? Have you mentioned it to them at all?
5: No, I haven't. I am not brave enough to do that. Yeah, I don't think
1: because mm. I know again there are different sort of schools of thoughts on this. And actually, a previous guest I had on um, Sarah, who's a geography, a secondary geography teacher, she has she has revealed it to her to her classes as far as I know, and uh, she it I, I was received very very well. Um, I don't. I mean, again, I haven't. I haven't either. Uh, I haven't either because mm. I think I'm still in the throes of, of processing processing the diagnosis and everything else. But also in primary, I don't kind of know. I mean, although they're year five, you know, they're nine, ten, they're very switched on in many, many ways. I just, I don't know how it would land with them. If I'm no,
5: that, that's exact, that's exactly right for me. I think in, in an ideal world, um, in my head, you know, 10 years down the line, I want to be able to act as, that role model for the students who who are neurodiverse and need um, kind of that, um, what's, the word, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for now? That um, like ratification, as it were, that their lives will be fine and that despite what they go through and strike right, their struggles day to day, that there are people out there the same as them as adults. I think lots of people think that autistic children stay autistic children but autistic children turn into autistic adults mm. and social masking I think has a lot to answer for um and sure. but, uh, it's one of those things honestly my my opinion on social masking and my ability to social mask is uh it changes daily sometimes I think it's the best thing ever sometimes I think oh well done Adam you've well done as lad you've done it you've got through that you've been fine with that and then some days I'm like okay Everyone thinks you're normal, Adam. Come on, you need to show them that you're not. <laughs> Normal's I, overrated. Come
2: on,
1: I also them. so appreciate the fact that you have uh, an internal monologue that's constantly going because, it, again, it and uh, I, you know, the there are uh, very few conversations that I've had where, you know, these kind of, I suppose they are quirks, but you uh, probably the wrong thing to call them. But you know, these these kind of sort of aspects to to these. Um, to these diagnoses and to us as people and mm. when someone else says yeah i do that too i'm just like oh i feel so validated <laughs>
5: literally because oh. my my internal monologue never shuts up No, never he's always talking to me always, always, <laughs> always.
1: <laughs> but i think uh, yeah i mean the, the social masking thing that uh and certainly uh and it's also good to know because i honestly thought i've heard a lot of uh research and things like that that talks about women doing it because the whole women with adhd women with asd etc all these this sort of research from as far as women concern are concerned is relatively new and that they are the ones who are kind of who are, who are masculine but of course it's it's everybody with with um who's neurodivergent they're kind of and particularly as teachers because there are you know standards we have to do there's a a certain you know we're sort of pillars of our community it sounds so old-fashioned but we're we're upstanding you know role models and all the rest of it and much like you some days I'm like yep okay I am this role model and other days I'm I'm standing there thinking I have to adult I am in charge of this many children and this probably is not a good idea
5: yeah (laughs) I know exactly what you mean it
1: does it does terrify me Um, but then I'm also the teacher who has definitely in the past got bored halfway through a lesson and completely changed tack. And I'm now that I'm aware of what, why I do that, I'm more more in charge of it not happening.
5: Yeah. Well, that's good because you've got that self-regulation then. And I think we all have, we, we can all do that. I think we just need, sometimes we just need a bit of a push in the right direction. I think for me, what one thing that i don't i don't fall down on it but one thing that i always pick up on is that if no one's told me that i can't do something and i do it and then i get in trouble for doing that but it's that unwritten rule that so that's the thing that i still struggle with although i can function i'd like to say i can function quite well as a as an adult in the world the one thing that i still do fall down on is that unwritten rule and trying to navigate that.
1: Well, I mean, I, I I think as you, as you sort of said, I'm going to sort of echo what you said back to me, the fact that you're aware of it and the fact that it's, it's part of that, that consciousness means that you're, you know, you're understanding yourself more and more. And I mean, again, this is a, a sort of another question that's just occurred to me. Do you feel that actually in going through teacher training, in being in schools, in, Sort of seeing you know children that kind of reflect you back to yourself, do you feel it 's made you understand yourself and how you think and how you operate more
5: It has it's also broken my heart a lot more as well um i, could, Tell I me can, more oh go on then, I can see it, I can see it, I can understand it it's also broke. I remember coming home once and I was in absolute floods of tears to my mum about how different my life would be if I'd got the support when I was a child. If I'd have got the support I needed in school, how different my life would be and how different I would be as a person. And uh, I remember saying the word, how how normal I would feel. Because mm, I'm seeing... It's that word. It's that word that I oh, hate it. But I think when I'm in a self-horribleness mode, I think the self-sabotage mode in me, I always refer back to the word normal. Because that's what you go to, I think, when you're, when you're reliving that trauma. And I think, I won't go as far to say that it re-traumatised me, but I think it got to a stage where I was seeing all these children succeeding and all these children with plans in place and everything that the school that I was in was doing to support these children. And I thought, wow, if people fought for me like that when I was 11 years old, I'd be in a completely different place to where I am now. And that's what, I had to work through again, but it was, it was, it was a good experience. It was a good experience.
1: Well, that, I mean, that, that's good. And that's, positive. and honestly, that's, that's not, that's not what I thought you'd, you'd come out with uh, at all. So it just goes to show that uh, it can kind of have multiple uh, effects. And Lawrence has just said, it's perfectly understandable. It's a perfectly understandable thought and reaction though, uh, to, to, to that, uh, to that word. Norm-
5: normality, but normality is overrated, isn't it? That's what we always say. Oh yeah, what,
1: massively. What defines normal? I mean, I mean, and, and again, particularly within the last couple of years, uh, in, I mean, you could attach that expression to almost <laughs> anything, whether it's education, whether it's just the way we're we're running our our daily lives, and of course, you've teacher trained in a in a time where where nothing is certain. So I imagine also that exacerbated. Um, you say you you know you're a very meticulous person. That must have. Oh, I don't know. I'm sort of. I'm, I'm making assumptions. Another dangerous thing you should never do. <laughs> um, just fell into my own trap there, uh, but did that. But I should ask it as a question rather than a. There you go. Did it <laughs> exacerbate any any sort of feelings, emotions, any anything in you? We you thought, oh, good grief! I, what the hell is happening?
5: Um, to, to be honest, no, it isn't actually. I think with something like COVID, because I think we're all used to it now. Um, and I'm the sort of person who comes up with a thousand solutions to one problem, all of which don't end up being the actual solution anyway. Um, I'm kind of, I'm always prepared for every eventuality and it annoys, honestly, it annoys my family to death, how there'll be one minor thing and I'll have come up with 50 different answers to answers to that solution. None of which are suitable at all, but I've still thought about them all. But um no, I think I was prepared from a level that it, it, we're in a changing time. I think because I worked throughout lockdown one and throughout COVID, I knew that it wasn't straightforward and I knew that it was constantly changing and situations were changing. And I mean, I've stopped listening to Boris Johnson on at five, five o'clock at night. I've stopped doing that. I can't cope with that. But, oh, no, no. <laughs> Don't <get anyone> <laughs> the first the first few were uh, a bit novel weren't they and then the novelty soon wore off um so i just google it now or just wait for someone to tell me what's going on but mm. i think as i've got older and i've learned and processed what goes on in my head and i've learned how to deal with it i'm better at reacting to to situations now i think i would rather so i would not want to be the one making up the rules about schools but if you tell me what the rules are, then I'm fine. I can follow them.
1: <laughs> Making them up, and I I mean, I mean, I don't know if that was a deliberate, <laughs> deliberate turn of phrase there, but it does feel like that sometimes. Where it's just like, hmm, today we will do this. <laughs> Let's see how it goes.
2: Well,
5: I'll I'll rephrase it. I'm I'm glad I'm not in charge.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, even the thought of 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 running a school brings me out in hives. I yeah, no, the just the amount of uh, organization and paperwork and coming from someone who organization is just not not a thing um I uh, yeah the the thought just fills me with with dread and uh, I mean I don't know Boris is a yeah Boris is an interesting one I mean he yeah I I've, I've stopped listening to and I think that that's probably a, a good thing to to shut out the the negativity and the uh, because it's hard enough at the moment and of course we as teachers are always the the political football or the or the punching bag. I mean, I, I I I'm sure you're well. Of course, you're aware that during COVID we became uh, scapegoats because you know we 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 weren't doing we weren't doing enough. People were whining and complaining about the fact that uh, we weren't working hard. We were just you know taking a glorified holiday. Uh, I know that wound me up to to no end. I don't know how you felt about that.
5: <laughs> exactly the same. Absolutely.
1: Oh, and I think that it's it's very easy in in this profession. and you i mean you've someone who's worked across the the public sector so you know that at one time or another all these institutions whether it's the NHS, whether it's the police whether it's us mm-hmm. they almost kind of it does the rams doesn't it absolutely yeah. which and one I are think... we going to hate on this time
5: well, <laughs> 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 it's when it's it's when it's all three and I'm like yeah no thank god i've gone <laughs> I've moved somewhere else now
1: honestly but um so on a more i suppose well i mean i think this conversation has actually been largely very positive but on a sort of continuing positive note so when does training finish for you when when when's uh qualification day
5: oh 30th of june all being well
1: and so looking forward i I suppose you know looking forward to 2022 that's that's the aim is it to get get to the end get that uh qts and then onwards
5: onwards and upwards
1: wow I mean power to you because I, I I'm not convinced that and I'm and I'm sure there are many who share the sentiment with me I'm not convinced that if I was teacher training now that I would get to the other side
5: every single person that I know who is a teacher has said that to me
1: yeah so, <laughs> every
5: single person
1: honestly so you know I, I I commend you commend you for that and then so I mean I suppose is it too early to be thinking about Jobs and where next? Am I dropping you in it? If I ask you wow.
5: about that? Well, well, well. So I've been looking. I've been looking. Um, I'm conscious that they do come up, don't they? After Christmas and then look come up again at like Easter. There'll be a surge, won't there? Um, uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> always a surge. Um, who knows? I might just up sticks and move to Portugal. Who knows? Do or it. anywhere, anywhere else in the world. First country that came to my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's obviously yeah, it's applying for a job, but. I've also got a lot of other things that I need to factor in to getting a job. It's not as it's not as clear cut. It's not as simple as it is for some other people. Um, obviously, I've got extra extra parts of me that need to be catered for, and I think finding an environment that will do that will be a challenge in itself as well.
1: I mean, yeah, I think as as well when you when you go for for these interviews, it's almost as much as you know you interviewing them as they as they are you because it has to be a fit. Otherwise, it's it's as we know from from the articles that we see from people that we speak to. If it's not a fit and you are not getting that support you need, this job is not sustainable. That's that's just a fact.
5: Yeah, but you could argue that with any job, though, couldn't you? That
1: mm-hmm.
5: no, just work in general is not sustainable if you don't feel supported.
1: Well no that that is true. Lawrence is asking if he can make a recommendation. He's someone who's actually going to be doing his p g c as of is it September Lawrence I can't remember. he'll tell me in a moment, but uh yes, Lawrence fire away, yes, September, yes, Ooh. so he's starting primary in September, so brave move <laughs> so I think he's just gonna send whatever his recommendation is through so i'll um I'll let him because uh, I guarantee you what he's saying will probably be incredibly uh. Helpful because uh, he will be when he eventually qualifies. He will be in a in a similar position. Um, it's just yeah. I mean i I think that we continually as a profession are getting better. Um, mm-hmm. There's always work to do though.
2: In, always, in term,
1: always work to do. And I mean, are there any sort of? I just from looking at your Twitter, I know that obviously your passions are inclusion, etc. Making sure that and you. Or, ECTs now not NQTs Lucy keep forgetting that have had the support that they need have you got sort of any any plans to, to pursue that or is it just kind of no let's just kind of get a job first and then we can deal with the passion projects later
5: I think it's get a job first yeah I think I think that's that's the the main thing I think it's all well and good being a voice on Twitter but something someone something's got to pay the bills hasn't it um and <laughs> <laughs> something has to pay the bills and um I think as much as I'm passionate about a lot of things that are close to my heart I think doing that from a position of employment is is easier as well mm-hmm.
1: Most definitely. Um, well, Lawrence's recommendation has come through. He says, when you ask a question at interview, uh, how do you cater for neurodiversity amongst staff? Um, I think that's, yeah, I think that that's a, a fair enough question. And he also has, um, and I'm sure he'll share it with you, um, as he said here. It, Lawrence actually wrote himself um, a sort of individual employment uh, plan, uh, which explained in quite very good detail all about um you know his disabilities and and how he can be supported now there is obviously the argument on one side that you shouldn't have to do that but then the flip side is you know here it is in black and white here is how you can support me yeah it's so
5: tricky isn't it it's so tricky because on one level it's oh amazing you've been really proactive with this taking away the argument of you shouldn't have to which to be fair you shouldn't but taking that argument away from it on one side you've got oh, wow, this is amazing. It's in black and white. We'd love to be able to support you. But then on the other side, you've opened yourself up to be vulnerable then. And, you know, outside of education, in previous jobs, in previous things, going back to, you know, being being a teenager, um, the minute you tell somebody you've got a disability, in my experiences of life, trouble is following close behind and um, I think sometimes people maybe can't cater for it or don't want to cater for it or I think there is an undertone to a lot of things at the moment where there is an intolerance and I know people can't be intolerant of diversity legally but then they find another way to be intolerant about diversity whilst cutting those corners. And I'm not trying to be negative about it. I'm not trying to, like, put a horrible tinge on anything here. But I don't know. I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where it can leave you wide open or it can save your life.
1: And and that's it. And the fact that it's, it's you know, those two extremes is, I mean, you're not putting a negative spin on it. It is just fact. Should it be fact? No, but we are where we are. And the thing is, we, you know, we continually need to do better. And I suppose in a way it's, it's striking that balance between saying this is who I am, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I, you know, uh, that I can do this job, I can do this job, but there's just aspects that, you know, will be difficult for me on certain days or certain things that I, you know, can't do for whatever reason. And it's, yeah, it's, it it's knowing as well. It's knowing your audience, and I hope that when it does come to going to interview for you, that uh, you know you're, you're able to kind of find someone to, or find you know that head teacher or the person interviewing you, that you are able to to open up and you are able to say what what you need to say. But you know there there are some that are brilliant out there, and there are others unfortunately who are not and yes as you say it's you know that's the case of any profession but certainly i know head teachers are a an an eclectic bunch
5: (laughs) absolutely i mean i don't don't have enough experience of head teachers to pass comment but um yeah i can i can imagine they can be
1: but uh, you know I, i i think when when the time comes you will you'll you'll be ready for it and you'll you'll handle it in in the way that you that you see fit you know you've you as you say you've got so much experience and there's so much you've been through already and so much you've learned and Lawrence is saying you'll smash it and I absolutely yeah, I agree that. thank you <laughs> that and from those of us who've been in the game you know I mean I haven't even been in the game that long myself I talk about it like I've been doing it for a hundred years but
5: it <laughs> <laughs> feels like it doesn't it
1: feels like it I've definitely aged about 100 years in, in that time um I feel yeah 103 not 33 on uh, on Monday but
3: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's an ongoing curve and also I think the other thing that that is a danger but also a lovely thing about new teachers is that you do go in wanting to absolutely change the world wanting to you know full of those ideas and it's a great thing. But and I think, you know, your corner of the world, wherever you end up, you will absolutely, you know, do what do what you need to do. But it's understanding that I think that, you know, that change starts with your small corner of the world and it'll hopefully filter out and uh, become a much wider, wider thing.
5: Yeah, I know. No, I totally agree. I think that's a really good way of putting it
1: honestly. But uh, listen, I wish you the the absolute best of luck with the rest of this year. Uh, you're going to go forth and smash it. And uh, I really, really, you know, I think I think you'll you'll do brilliantly. But before I send you off into the night, I have two things I need you to do for me. The first thing is tell me what you're having for dinner.
5: Oh, so right, actually, and I just had a knock on the door because someone has very kindly made my dinner for me. So I'm having uh smashed avocado on toast with uh some salmon
1: get you <laughs>
5: that's really fancy isn't it
1: <laughs> that's lovely I'm that's
5: that's well do you know what i'm not usually that fancy um and um my friend Fran who's also listening has told me to tell you that she had a um ham and cheese panini and chips from morrison's cafe or the supermarket that are that. available so uh, <laughs> i said i'd pass the message on
1: oh thanks fran and and that sounds that sounds great um Lawrence is saying you're
5: not. not very <laughs> northern. <Norman.
1: laughs> what's that supposed to mean?
5: <laughs> Sorry, don't we have chips and gravy?
1: Now that and is a an combination. I, I don't care what you. I mean, I have never. And this is an argument for another day. But I. Why no? No, Lawrence. No, <laughs> stop it. Honestly, you absolute heathens, all of you. No. And um, before we get before we go down that rabbit hole, not with <laughs> cheese, Lawrence. No.
5: I'm not taste intolerance, Lawrence. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and what was my final question? Oh yes, okay. I would like you to um, plug your Twitter handle, please, so people can come and find you and all the wonderful things you're doing and talking about. Because actually, your Twitter is a delightful read, and it's full of positivity. And you need more followers.
5: Thank you very much. So you can find me at History Dixon. History spelled the normal way. Dixon spelled like the penis. D I C K S O N. Thank
1: you for that. <laughs> well i mean you know uh, yeah i have a surname that's spelt incorrectly on an alarming regular basis as well so if if that's what works for you then
5: yeah do you know what sometimes it's dickinson sometimes it's dixon with an x so i've just stopped trying to reason with people and just started to say right spell it like the penis
1: well fair (laughs) enough
5: if i can say that on the radio
1: well, yes, I think you can. I think that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't think um, I don't think Tom Rogers' head has exploded yet. <laughs>
5: um,
1: if, if, it, if it has done, um, I'm sure he'll let me know later. Sorry, yeah, Tom.
5: So, sorry, Tom. Uh, at History Dixon is where you can find me on Twitter. Uh,
1: brilliant. Fantastic. Well, all that remains for me to say is thank you so, so much for agreeing to be browbeaten by me into coming on to... Teachers Talk Radio this evening, coming on to The Twilight Show. I hope we can welcome you back again at some point and that the experience has not put you off for life.
5: Absolutely not. I've had a fantastic time.
1: Oh, we've well, I've loved having you and uh, I'm sure we will speak again. I will definitely be uh, following you very closely on Twitter. And as I'm sure many more people will be when this gets turned into a podcast after we're finished.
5: Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you and enjoy the smashed avocado.
5: Yes, I will do. All right, speak to you soon.
1: <laughs> Cheers, Adam. Thank you. Take care. Oh, well, that was the lovely Adam Dixon, who I definitely think we will have back at a LA later date. What a what a smashing, smashing chat. Uh, so after a quick news update, we're going to wrap up this evening's show.
2: Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources specialist publications and training for professionals find out more about winston's wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org
0: this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news with gail glenn
3: A variety of mitigations are in place in schools across the UK as fears of COVID remain high. In England, secondary pupils will have to wear face coverings in classrooms as well as communal areas, but staff will not be expected to wear a mask while teaching. Education Secretary Nadeem Sahawi is taking advice in case of mass staff absence. Schools in England are also required to keep hygiene and ventilation measures in place. In Wales all staff and pupils have been expected to wear a mask indoors in secondary schools since the end of November. The start of the new term has also been delayed until the 10th of January to give schools time to prepare and secondary pupils will be expected to take a lateral flow test three times a week. The Welsh Government has also lowered the self-isolation period from 10 to 7 days if the person has a negative test on the 7th day. In Scotland, pupils and staff have been required to wear face coverings in secondary schools since the second lockdown. Staggered start times, one-way systems, restrictions on assemblies and twice-weekly testing are also present in schools in Scotland. People in Scotland must isolate for 10 days when they or someone in their household tests positive for COVID. In Northern Ireland, children must remain at home if they develop symptoms until they have a negative result. Pupils must also test twice a week. Staff and secondary school pupils must also wear a mask while on site. This has been your daily education news briefing with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods,
4: your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now, before I start, I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I'm assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore the cost of the device is written off, and I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week, so in a 12 hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean-X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer, Jeff Cavalier. Some claiming to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, How about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride, for example, will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people push the time this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also if you exercise regularly at the same time this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again there are lots of different apps out there, my example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn sweat coins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background so you don't even need to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps, so you don't need to log your exercise twice. As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed.
0: Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: You're back with me, Lucy Ueberger, and we're just about to wrap up today's twilight show what a welcome back that was i mean that was a, a very happy new year episode and a very happy birthday episode to me as well um although i suppose technically maybe my birthday episodes next week oh, i don't know i don't know i'll have a think about that but no that was a, an early birthday present shall we say and i thoroughly enjoyed myself it was lovely 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 to have adam on and i have no doubt that he's going to be brilliant in whatever he does next so watch this space, I think, is the is the conclusion on that. Going forward, uh, after the show, there's no Libby, as far as I'm aware. Um, I think we have got Rich Wrigley, though, who's on uh, the Late Late Show tonight. Or is it the Late Show? No, Late Late Show. Uh, so look out for him. I'm not quite sure what he's talking about, but I'm sure if you look on Teachers Talk Radio, twitter it will tell you exactly what he is going to be talking about this evening Uh, i am off to go and soak some porcini mushrooms (laughs) so you thought avocado on toast was ridiculous to put in a very exciting pasta dish that i am going to be having for dinner but thank you all for joining me and look out for this show and the others uh, on podbean as a podcast after this and they're also uh, available all the shows actually from Teachers Talk Radio are available on Spotify too. So if you want to listen again or indeed listen to any of the other shows that are available, go forth and do so. There is fantastic content which we will continue to add to in 2022. I'll be back with you next week but until then be good, don't overwork yourselves, get some sleep and I will speak to you next week.